0: Philippians chapter 4, we're going to read verses 4 through 8 to get out start with. That's going to be our main text here tonight. But then, as you know, we're not going to just stay right there, if you will, please. (coughs) And God's word says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for being here with us today. Father, we thank you for providing this church, this lighthouse here in in Somerville, in the Ground Run Valley. Now, Father, do pray that you do open up our hearts, our minds, Father, to your word once again tonight. Father, we do pray that you receive the glory in everything that's done here tonight. We know you receive the glory in the music and the singing. We pray you receive the glory in the preaching response, Father. Have your way and your will in this message. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You know we live in a really live in a time of discord, a time of drama everywhere. Every time you look around, no matter what the day is, no matter what time it is, we you see stuff and you hear stuff that just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. I was going in retirement center today and turned the radio on. I thought, well, okay, I'm all ready for the retirement center. I'll go ahead and listen to a little music on the way in. There, are guys talking about elephants, of all things. I said, what is this? And he said, this is National Elephant Day. Love your elephant. And I'm thinking, what has that got to do with the price of tea in China? What has that got to do with anything whatsoever? Number one, I praise God I don't have an elephant. (laughs) I would not want to have to feed an elephant. I fed three teenagers. Why would I want to feed an elephant? But you know, if you look around the world or look on social media, Facebook or anything, or newspapers, or listen to news, or even think about your own relationships with people that you work with and that you deal with the world, and these can really get you upset. and You don't have no peace. You don't know what's going on. You, know, you get really fired up. You wonder what's going to happen. But you know what we're going to do here tonight, we're going to take a look in this passage that we just read here, some rules that God has gave us so that we can have peace, his peace, as it said in the, in the scripture in verse 7, his peace, that which passes all understanding. I can tell you this message, Peace Beyond All Understanding, because you know, when you think about it, when you analyze it, and you think about what God does for us, you can't understand it. You cannot understand in this world today why or how he gives does it. But he does. I like to say that's a God thing. We're just going to take a look at these verses for just a few minutes here tonight. Like I say, I have no idea how long this is going to last here, folks. But uh, it was too short. We'll sing another song or two. If it was too long, well, we'll just sing another song or two anyway. So... We would just go ahead. So let's just go ahead and take a look at this scripture once again. It says in verse 4, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. You notice that that verse, it doesn't say always. It says always. No matter what's happening, no matter in your life, God is telling us to rejoice. Because that is His, what He wants you to do in your life at that time. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says, Rejoice evermore. Now, somebody tell me, how long is evermore? There ain't no stop on it, folks. He wants us just to rejoice. The Bible tells us to rejoice in the Lord no matter what is going on around us. No matter whether we hear on the news that there's something's going up and somebody's wanting to attack this person, that type person, or there's a uh, natural disaster here, whatever. God is telling us to rejoice. Why? Because we have him, folks. No matter what else, we have the Lord. Everything, the world can turn to worms, and sometimes we think it's going to, but we have to remember, we have to realize that we have the Lord at all times. Verse 5, it says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. What's this telling us or anything? It's telling us that the, we need to forbear one another, we need to forgive one another, we need to be just moderate in our relations and our reactions, our reactions to other people. Colossians chapter three verse thirteen puts it this way: He said, "Forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye." Even as Christ forgave us. Now, let's just think about that one for a second, folks. Our Lord God, He sent His Son Jesus Christ to this earth. He did a lot of things. He was down here, healed a lot of people, helped people to see. But his main purpose, that he came to earth, was die the death on the cross, to shed his innocent blood for you and for me, folks. So when we look at that verse, we need to realize that even as Christ forgave you, we need to forgive those who have did us wrong, That's right. no matter what. Amen. Now is that easy? Humanly, it is not. Easy is almost impossible. But, but with Christ, we can do it. Yeah, that's right. But only with Christ can we do it. You know, let moderation, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. Now, I know this next week, because I'm preaching this message, something's going to come up in my own life, and God's going to say, you just preached on this thing. So you need to do this. Just are same as each and every one of us. we have all just hear, hearing this thing right now. And so this next week... Monday morning, or whatever it is, when something comes up for anything, we need to remember this that even as Christ forgave us, so also do ye. In verse 6, it's a good one. Verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto you, unto God. Be careful for nothing. Now, if you're just going to really ease and just go over it quickly, you think, well, that means that I don't have to worry about insurance. I don't have to worry about where my next meal is or anything like that. But that's not what it's saying. If you analyze it, if you search it out, what it's telling us is don't worry. Don't have any anxiety. First Peter chapter 5 says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. You know, I start out this message saying that uh, this is a time of discord. You look uh, on Fox News or CNN or look on Facebook, the social media that so many people are on so often. and You read this and you see all this stuff and everything. And the first thing you need to ask yourself how much of this is true? Second thing you need to ask yourself is this necessary that I need to know? And third thing I ask myself is, why don't I hit that button over there to turn this stuff off so I don't need to listen to it? But, you know, it is easy for each and every one of us to be concerned and anxious for the things that's going on around us. In our home, our state, in our city, in our country, it really could mess you up. But what does God say? He says, casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. The truth of the matter is, most of our worries, folks, there's not a thing we can do about it. A person once said that if money would take care of something, we have no problems. We can look around us, we can hear about seeing folks or anything that they have problems that we have never even thought about. We, they don't know where they're going to have another meal, they don't know what they're going to do. The folks in Texas right now, they have problems. They need to just cast their cares upon God. They can need to do what they can about and then just ask God to intervene and help. People in other countries have problems. We don't have problems here, folks. We need to be careful for nothing. We need to cast our cares upon him, for he cares for us, that verse says. In verse 7, this is a good one. This is where I want to spend some time here tonight. And the Bible says, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. The peace of God. Yes. You know, I really researched this out about the peace of God and in concordance and what the Bible said about it. I just want to share a few things what the Bible says about it. it says, number one, or letter A, as I have it on my, my notes here, the peace of God is a gift from God. Psalm 29, verse 11 says, The Lord will give strength unto his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The peace of God is abundant. Psalm 119, 165 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Let me just challenge you one thing. As you go through this week, if something starts bugging you, something starts offending you, let me just challenge you just remember that verse Psalm 19 to 165, just start reciting to yourself. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. And just keep saying it. I guarantee you, you're you not going to say it over a dozen times, but you're going to say, this is crazy. You know, my kids, when they used to really start rowing at each other and I think I'd set them down and I'd say, okay, I want you to recite the verse out loud. What verse? Some one night to 165. Great peace have they which love thy lot, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy lot, so nothing Sometimes, you know, when they're reciting that, I don't really think they had the proper attitude about doing it. But they did it anyway. But, you know, our peace is abundant. God's peace is abundant. And God's peace is a perfect peace. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3 says... Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusts in thee. Amen. God's peace is like a river. Isaiah chapter 54 verse 13 says, Oh, that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments, then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. Let's think about that one, folks. If we just hearkened to God's commandments, what would our peace be like? You ever sit back on a river bank and just watching that water flow by? In the spring of the year, by my house, you can watch a lot of water flow by, especially this year. But even this time of the year, you can go down to the river, the Willow River or someplace, and just sit there and just kind of watch that river water go by. And pretty quickly, it'll almost put you to sleep. And that's peaceful, so peaceful, folks. And you realize what this verse just tells us right that if we just hearken to God's commandments, then we'll have peace as the river. And the righteousness as the waves of the sea. Sometimes when we go down in the fall, down the Garibaldi or Wheeler, go fishing and everything, we drive along the coast and everything, and we stop off at a viewpoint, and we kind of watch those waves just kind of roll in. Just the blessings of God would be for us, just the waves of of peace coming into our lives. And we we don't have that because we, we allow things in this world to get in our way of God's peace. Shame on each and every one of us for doing that, folks. We have the greatest God there is. He controls everything. He controls everything in our lives that's happened, is happening right now, and is going to happen to us, folks. We need to just trust on him. We need to rely on him. The peace of God that passes all understanding is a legacy of Christ to you and to me. And each and every person here that's saved here tonight. In John chapter 14, verse 27, the Bible says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, and not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And John chapter 16, verse 33 says, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. He has already overcome the world. He's overcome every single one of the problems that we have, or we even think we have, folks. And yet, what we do, us as human beings, we come to church here and we pray. And we give all our concerns to God. We come to altar we sit down in our seats and we pray and give them those concerns to God. And we walk out that door. We, it's almost like we reach back with our hand to grab them concerns and take them right back with us. Shame on us we need to have the faith to give God the concerns and allow him to bless us with his peace and with the miracles that he was in each and every one of our lives. These seven verses, so great, this peace of God. But how do we, have, how can we have God's peace, which passes all understanding? In our century class, we've been talking about the minds, our minds, and controlling our minds and everything. There's a A passage in there I want to read to you folks. And it gives us a three-step process on how to control what goes into our minds and we allow in our minds so that we can have God's peace. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 through 24, the Bible says, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and holy truth. So a three-step process. Number one, that we need to put off. We need to repent. Number one, for salvation. It's critical. It's the number one process. Without salvation, no one can ever have peace. Let me repeat that. Without salvation, we cannot have peace. Repent for salvation. But we also need to repent for our sinful patterns of thought. I don't think I'm the only person who even after you're saved you know sometimes we have sinful patterns of thought that were on our mind before we got saved and we still kind of keep a hold of those sinful patterns of thought we need to repent of them, we need to put them off, step number two we need to resist these sinful power thought patterns with the, with the spirit filled power we need to ask God to fill us with his spirit That's right. the Holy Spirit comes into us the day that we are saved, the minute that, that we are saved folks, and it's right there and so often as we go through life, we get so messed up, so tired up with what's going on in our lives and in the world that we kind of push this Holy Spirit back into the corner of our lives. But he's still there. And all we have to do is just ask him for his power. Ask him to fill us. We need, and he will come. He'll give us the spirit-filled power that we need. But then number three, and probably one of the most important things, so that we can have God's abundant peace, is we need to replace those thought patterns we need to replace them with spirit-filled precepts. We need to replace worldly thoughts with God's word. And others folks, as you heard once or twice in this church house, we need to be in God's word every day. Simply amazing, huh? You know, I always used to say when I was working and everything, that I'd get up in the morning and everything, I'd go to get up, I'd go to work, and on the way to work, I'd be praying. And I would do that. And I always found out or anything, if I didn't spend time in prayer that morning before I started work or anything, I had one of the worst days there ever was. But you know, since I'm retired, and I have mornings that I don't have to get up at four o'clock in the morning and go to work. You know what I like to do? I like to go out with my cup of coffee, sit on the little deck or anything, and spend time in God's word. One of my favorite times of day, my wife will be on one side of the little table on our deck and I'll be on the other side and we'll be reading the Bible and putting God's word back into our minds. You know what I found out? If you want to get rid of that garbage that's been in your minds that keeps bugging the snot out of you, lack of a better spiritual term, folks, that you need to just be in God's word and replace that garbage with the word every single day. Well, I like to say that, well, you do it one day on Monday, you don't have to do it Tuesday and maybe... Wednesday or Thursday? No. Do it every day, folks. Amen. You want to grow in the Lord? You want God's peace? Be in God's Word. Right. It's simple as that. Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 through 10. The Bible says, But now ye also put off all of these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, through the communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Let's talk about that one for a second. Let me read it one more time. But now ye also put off all these things: anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another. Seeing that you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image that created him. After you saved, God tells us, put off that old man. It's like taking off a suit of clothes, folks. The old, dirty clothes that are rotten and cruddy or anything that your wife needs to take to the laundry and wash it out. we well, little let to take it in the laundry and just throw it in the garbage and just put on the new suit of clothes, which is Christ. Now, how do you do it? Through God's Word. That's the only way we get changed from the inside out is what we do. Not from the outside in is what it is. You know, God's word so wonderful. But we can't stop there. We need to have verse 8 in our text. And verse 8 says, Finally, brethren... Whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Praise God. God tells us to put off all that garbage. But you know, one wonderful thing about God, when he tells us to turn away from this, put off that, he doesn't leave us there hanging. He comes back and says, instead... Do the 180 put on this stuff. Put on this good stuff. Put on the, the purefoot stuff. or Put on the, the lovely stuff. Put on the good report and the virtue and things and the praise and things like this. One of my favorite times in an evening service like this is the praise session, folks. Because people have an opportunity at that time to praise God for the things that he has did in their life in this last week. One of my saddest times in this service is the praise service when you know in your heart that God has been blessing other people's lives and for one reason or another, they don't want to, well, maybe they're shy. I'm shy too at times, you know, okay? And, well, I is. That's my wife. I was scared to death of girls when I met her. She changed that, by the way, okay? But the point is, thinking, sometimes people in praise service, they don't speak up it doesn't matter how insignificant the praise is that the blessing that God gave you in your last week whether it's that the, you were doing homework and couldn't figure out an answer and all of a sudden you looked at the page and it was right there Oh, no matter what it was or whether you were frustrated about something you happened to open God's word doing your daily reading guess what? There was the answers to the problem and of all books, the Bible simply amazing to that you know Put off the old, put off the bad, put on the good. In closing, you know, the truth of the matter is the peace that is beyond all understanding, that passes all understanding, it starts with one thing, folks. It starts with salvation. Without salvation, we cannot have peace. Romans chapter 10, verse 13, it says, If thou shalt confess with the mouth, the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Now, this is the verse I love. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. Why do I love that verse? Because to me, it interprets. It doesn't matter what side of the tracks you grew up on, folks. Let me interpret it that way. It doesn't matter what type of education background you have or what financial background you have or what your job is or whatever you do. Because what's the next verse say? For whosoever shall call upon the Lord shall be saved. It doesn't say might be saved. It says shall be saved, folks. Now, if you want to have God's peace... That passes all understanding. That is beyond all understanding. That's step one. That's first base in the ballgame is what it is.